Manchester City Continental Cup winners 2022. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of MCW Fancast. I'm Emma. Thanks for listening. This week I'm pleased to be joined by Dave, Paul and Charlotte as we recap on our recent derby defeat at Lee Sports Village. United ran out victors securing their first win against City in the Women's Super League now taking their title chances to the final day of the season this coming Saturday. City return to the Academy Stadium for their final game of the season against visitors Everton and they'll be looking to improve on recent results and finish the campaign with a win at home. Let's get straight into it. We're joined by Paul, Dave and Charlotte. We're going to do this week's podcast. Uh, obviously plenty to talk about following the defeat of the Manchester Derby. Paul, how are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. Dave, you okay? Hi, Emma. Yeah, fine, thanks. And it's great to have Charlotte back on the podcast as well. How are you doing, Charlotte? Yeah, good. Excited to be on. Well, uh, we'll just get straight into it then. Uh, Charlotte, we'll start with you. How were you feeling heading into, obviously, Sunday's game? I saw you at the match. I was feeling relatively calm, but a little bit apprehensive. Uh, what about yourself? Yeah, I was excited for the derby. I knew as fans would be outnumbered um, with the clash of the men's game. Um, but yeah, I was really excited and hopeful. We'd had 10 days to turn it around from Liverpool and I, f- I felt like we really could have, I still felt like we could have got something from the game and um, yeah, nothing but proud of the girls of the game on Sunday. Yeah, Paul, you were there as well. What What did you feel heading into the game? What were your feelings? Well, after the Liverpool game, I was slightly apprehensive. Um, but um, as we said in the last podcast, I think we were pretty clear there was going to be a response. And we certainly got a response from the team. You know, a shaky start. Uh, once they got over that, you know, they, they'd worked their way back in the game. And then there was obviously the sending off of Ellie Roebuck, which is unusual, very unusual to see a keeper go. And in the second half, I mean, what a heroic effort by by the 10 players that were left. Uh, including uh, Keao Keating and goal, who, who I thought was sensational. So, um, you know, I, I was apprehensive, but uh, they smashed all my apprehensions and, and really we could have got at least a draw out of that game and possibly even won it. Yeah, I mean, Dave, watching the game itself, obviously the first half in particular, we we weren't at our best at all. And you could probably say that United did start the game better. Yeah, they started strong and obviously scored a goal. If you look at United this season, they've done that a lot at Ellis I think. They've uh, blown teams away in the first half. So I think the priority for City, once that goal went after two or three minutes, was to not let that happen, uh, which they did, you know, stay in the game, which they did, you know. And obviously, but then obviously, Ellie getting sent off throws any plans into chaos. And uh, echo what Paul said, I thought Chiara was excellent in goal. And the second half, um, you know, we were the better side. And we could have won the game. That's the bottom line. We could have actually won it, never mind the draw. Chances that it were created. Uh, so the performance was certainly a massive improvement on the Liverpool performance. Obviously, after that early goal as well, and, and then with Ellie getting sending off, I was kind of feeling, oh, this is just going to go from bad to worse. But actually, you know, we got into the tunnel. We managed to just calm ourselves a little bit and we came out and we were a completely different side again. Second half, yeah. We, we, they sort of went on the front foot. I think they thought, well, they've got nothing to lose now. They obviously had a, had a, um, a chat in the dressing room at half-time plan and came out and, and really went on the front foot. And Although that did mean, obviously, United having the extra player gave them ch- chances as well on the break. I thought City dominated uh, for large periods of the second half and pushed them back. I thought um, the wingers and... Uh, got their defenders pretty well and created chances, made United defend on the back foot. Um, obviously, it did mean that we tired 
towards the end of the game, we did tire because it, it meant those players left putting in such a shift. Uh, and you could see the tiredness in the legs and, and what have you of some of the players as, as the game, you know, draw out. And, and ultimately, that probably cost us the goal late on. But we are a little bit unlucky, I thought, on the day to, to not at least get a point. Especially looking at the, the second half, Charlotte, with the, the opportunities that City did have on goal. I mean, throughout the game, there were a couple of occasions where we hit the bar. But it was an absolute magnificent goal by um, Angledal. I mean, the finish, the ability to finish that goal and, and to score the way she did. Um, how pleased we were you at that point? Oh, when that goal went in, I just couldn't believe it. Like, we all just went mental. Someone dropped the drink behind us. It was just like, seems like we just, I couldn't, Philippa has just been like, that player that's come, you know, she's been on the bench a lot the previous seasons. This season, Gareth gave her a chance and her two goals this season against Chelsea and against um, United have just been amazing. I mean, she took a chance um, earlier on in that second half and went right over. But take him, like take your chance. I think um, when Laura Coombe signed her contract, Gareth said to her, "Take your chances. I want to see you shoot. Um, have your chances on goal." And she went for it. I mean, it was a cross, but wow! Like this is why we signed her, and I really do hope she stays next season and shows us what what she can give to the game um, and why she should be on that pitch. Um, really, really exciting player. And that goal went in. Oh, couldn't believe it. I was so happy. <laughs> it was special. And Paul, players like Angle Dahl, like you said, that have been in and out of the team on the fringes of of, of getting those sort of starts. But you know, that towards the end of the season, she's really shown her worth. And those are the sort of players that you're hoping will probably reflect on that and ho- hopefully see that they have got some sort of future within the club and within this team you'd like to see them commit. I know I would personally like to see Angle sign a new deal. Absolutely. And I think I think there's a few players around the squad that you might think of Finch. Hayley Vassell is another one that comes to mind that would walk into virtually any other WSL side. And yet she's she's been used as an impact player. So I think Gareth's got some work and the new director of football has got some work to persuade those players to stay uh, and and sort of show them that that, that we're w- working on a, like the men's team a squad uh, f- uh, rotation and you will get plenty of game time. The slight problem we've got because we're not in Europe this the next season. Um, you know the game time will be a little bit more limited because they won't be able to rotate into the European games. So he's going to have to show Angle Dahl and, and Masso and others that are, that are sort of coming in and out of the team. You know that you know Mary Fowler is another one that's you know world class young player but can't even get in get in the starting 11 so you know they're gonna have to persuade those players that that there's game time available but just just on the second half performance that was a classic 10 player performance you see it time and time again when a team goes down to 10 some something happens and they just seem to play out the skins you know they suddenly get that uh, that burst of energy and that determination not to be turned over and that's what we saw at the weekend and it was magnificent to watch the 10 of them Go at it. And as Dare says, really give it to United. You know, I mean, United were reduced at some points just to pumping the ball down the middle and hoping somebody would get on the end of it. You know, you would think playing 11 against 10, you'd be a bit more considered. But I think I think we rattled them. Um, and it was very unlucky that 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 late goal. And as Dare says, I think they were just they just just so tired that a bit of concentration went. But what a performance. You know, we should be so proud of them as a collective. Um, uh, you know, because you know it would have been easy to 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 sort of collapse at that point and get get hammered five 0 but actually, as David rightly says, it it could have gone either way at the end. The goal obviously come late, and I think we spoke about 
uh, in the last podcast how United have, have managed to find ways of digging deep and, you know, finding ways to win uh, or get something out of the game at least. And that has been a little bit of a struggle for us this season. But looking on the performance from the weekend and the fight, and I know we talk about, you know, fight to the end, but genuinely, that is exactly what happened. The team fought really hard and wanted to get something out, out of the game. And you could see, by the way, obviously, the goal just devastated the squad in the reaction by the team. Yeah, I mean, you, if you watch them, you watch their reaction afterwards, you know, collapsing, literally collapsed into the pitch. You know, you, 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 it, they were devastated um, because they'd put that shift in. And, and let's be honest, from where we were sat, the 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 cross from the uh, for the goal looked offside, way offside. You know, it wasn't even close from where we were sitting. Um, so I think there's a combination of we've got done by a dodgy decision, and we've you know we've we've just let a bit of concentration go because we've been working so hard. Um, so you know they were devastated. I think we would the fans were devastated as well because we could see how much effort they put in to, to try to even not just hold on but to win the game. Because they were the better team in the second half, I think. Um, so yeah, it was it was really sad to watch. But again, you know, there's a, there's a lot of pride in that. And as you say, Emma, United this this season have found a way to win. We've got to take a lesson from that and do two things: find that way to win, and more importantly, and if there's a criticism of the team this season, it's we don't take our chances enough. We create loads of chances, but don't always convert them. We've got to be better at that next season. Yeah, and Dave, obviously there were some crap i'm gonna <laughs> i'm just gonna put it out there uh decisions again uh this game i mean obviously we're up, heading into obviously the back of already you know the liverpool game where you know we've kind of felt hard done by by poor decisions yet again um just poor refereeing again you know what is yeah. it at the moment <laughs> with well, right this, across, the state right of the board, as you say, yeah, we're right across the board in WSL. I think the officiating needs to improve full stop. I think every fan would agree with that because every game, you, you, like you said on the last podcast, the Liverpool game, we came away from it baffled. There was one point where the players were telling them the rules about drop balls and things like that. But on Sunday, I did think that she got the referee got quite big decisions wrong at times. I mean, the, the Buddy Shaw penalty incident, you know, if you watch it back on the TV at night, I mean, it clearly, I mean, it's a clear-cut penalty, which we thought it was at the time as well. Um, and I just can't understand why that wasn't given. So Bunny nicks the ball. Much like Nikita nicked the ball just ahead of Ellie and, you know, created that foul because um, she just managed to nick the ball. Well, Bunny did the same. If you look at the she just got a foot to the ball in front of, I think it was Lad, wasn't it? And Lad kicked Bunny and it was a penalty. Anywhere else on the pitch, that's given us a free kick. So... Uh, that one baffled me, but the overall, I think you know the, the officiating was poor. But it's something that seems to be in every game. Um, I was glad to see on the TV at night that Gareth called out that referee. He actually said he mentioned last season's, you know, the Chelsea home and away on the um, thing as well. So I think that's that's the thing. The whole refereeing system needs to improve um, across the WSL because it's costing teams points. It's cost us points without a doubt this season. Poor refereeing, and yeah. it needs to be improved. I mean, as a, a neutral fan listening to this podcast, I probably think, oh, you know, you're just, you're just saying it because you lost the game and this, that and the other. But it's clear fact that the standards need to improve, Charlotte. Yeah, you said in your last episode about how the women's game was a guinea pig for the Women's World Cup. We had VAR and, you know, you mentioned as well about how easy would it be to have goal line technology like... 
um, you know, simple things like that would really help. And full-time referees, it needs to happen. Um, this game's on Sky Sports, like it's people are watching that, and it's just a, it's not a good look for the women's game to see that happen, you know. And then going into Women's World Cup, what referees are we going to have there? Like they're not prepared for this World Cup, and yeah, it's just it's just embarrassing that this game was on Sky Sports to have decisions like that by referees when the whole world is watching. Um, but yeah, because when we went down to 10, 10 players, I, I wasn't nervous. Like, I was sad about it, but I wasn't nervous. We've been there before. We've done it before. Yeah. And yeah, if it happened again, I, I, I really wouldn't be nervous because professionals in that team, Steph Horton, you know, they have really rallied around and came through that game um, and supported Kiara coming on like that. Um, yeah, after a yeah. sad... Yeah. I mean, like, like you said, Kiara coming on, you know, she's she's probably not even thinking, oh, I'm I'm gonna, you know, get any playing time in this game, you know, let alone it be any other game but a derby, you know, you know what I mean? Like, there's an expectation, isn't there, on players, you know, to come out and to give everything when you 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 know you're playing in a derby, and she really rose to that occasion as well, and. Hopefully, I mean, it's a performance for me that was outstanding. I've, I think she has some really big moments in the game. She made some really good decisions. She looked confident. She distributed the ball really well. And that'll do her confidence the world of good as well. It, it does raise a lot of questions about our goalkeeping situation at the moment because Ellie's been seen as the number one for, so, for a long time. But there's quite a lot of fans who think Sandy McIver deserves an opportunity. And, you know, she's got great distribution as well, McIver. And, and Keaton has shown there's probably the best young keeper in, in, in WSL at the moment. I mean, she came on in that high pressure situation and didn't panic. She just got on with it. She did it all the basics right. She pulled off the saves that she needed to do. Her distribution was excellent. So I think it raises some questions about what we, you know, our, our, who's going to be our number one next season. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because of, of the, of, this weekend, I think this is something I've been thinking about for some time. It's fantastic, actually, that we've got three really, really good keepers. I mean, that you know, every other club in the in the country must be envious of that. You know, we've got two of the England starting three for goalkeepers, and the best young, I think, under twenty goalkeeper in the country. Um, so I think that's a really positive place to be. So. You know, Gareth, you know, Gareth's going to have to make some decisions next season about who, who he starts because I think that's a position that's now wide open for somebody to take that opportunity. Mm. It's been quite... I mean, even probably Ellie will probably tell you that she's had a, a really difficult season off of, obviously coming off of the back of Euros and, and I, I mean, somebody give her her old shirt back for starters because I feel, I feel like that number one jersey's cursed now. Um, but it, you know, it's been really, really difficult for her, and she's had some really unfortunate moments. But again, you know, it's that split decision making, Dave, where she's obviously committed to the to winning that ball, and it's it's just not worked out for her. Yeah, I mean, talk about the actual incident where she got sent off. It's you know, you, you once you make that decision to go out, you've got to get it. And Nikita Paris does nick the ball just ahead of her, so she catches her. I've seen debates about it and I've looked at it many times myself. I mean, she's not going in on goal and, you know, maybe Wahabi would have got back and possibly could have been a yellow. But if it had been a yellow, then you'd have had all United fans having the debates we're having now about whether it was a red or not. So, you know, if, if you come out to those, you really, you've got to get the ball and she didn't. It's just one so of those as things. Soon as, to be honest, as soon as I saw her coming for it, I just thought, what are you doing? 
yeah. what are you doing? Oh, this is it. Yeah, well, you, know. you know, and it, it's one of those. And, uh, you know, Sandy's, Sandy and Ellie are two different goalkeepers. You know, with Ellie, we play out from the back. With Sandy's got, you know, really good distribution and she can yeah. play those sort of long balls. And they're very, very different, different goalkeepers. Well, it's it, a huge part of the game now for a goalkeeper. It's a huge part of the game to be able to play out and, and, and read those situations. Um, you know, it's much like the fullback role has changed in modern football, so much to how it was. Goalkeeper's role has changed. It's not just about saving the shots anymore. You know, it's about your distribution. It's about setting up, setting off attacks and things. And, um, you know, as part of the modern era, you know, that, that's what goalkeepers need to be aware of. And, and you know, let's look at the positives. I mean, you're, you're all right, because we've all, we've all said how well Kiara's played. It's not the first time she's come into the team and played. Well, I remember a game against Arsenal last season when she was playing and we were, you know, I think she was only 17 and she, she plays with a maturity of over years without a shadow of a doubt for someone so young, you know, because you've got, if you're a goalkeeper, you've got to, you've got to be dominant in that area. You know, you're, you're in charge, you know, you're the goalie and, and, you know, for some young players that might be hard when you've got such experience in front of you as well, like, you know, Steph and Alex and people like that. Um, but she, she seems to cope with that side of the game so well for such a young player. And, and, you know, if we're looking for positives from Sunday, then we start with Kiara because she was excellent. She really was. A, it was a great performance and it'll stand her in good stead going forward. Then as Charlotte said, you know, the experienced players like Steph and Alex and everything, their performances were also positive. So, you know, it, it's difficult as a goalkeeper because one mistake and it either leads to, a you know, a red card or a goal where some of the players can make a number of mistakes in the game and get away with it. So it's a very... Very, um, it's it's a position that's very much in the spotlight, and I do feel for them. It's one of those, isn't it, that sticks with you? But for me, I know that Ellie will probably want this season done and dusted, but I know for sure she'll come back stronger next season. You know, she'll be committed to making improvements and, and putting things right. But just on Kiara, you know, towards the end of the game, you know, she, she was going up. You know, when we were still really searching, even to find an equaliser, even after the late goal, you know, she was, you know, committed in pushing the team forward as well, which I really like to see, Charlotte. Yeah, it was a really great game from her and good to good performance in front of Serena as well, who was watching. Um, yeah, really proud of her to, to come on and do that performance. Um, I know we're going to talk about this week's game, but I'm like, who's going to be the sub-keeper for this week? Um, I'm not sure the development team... Um, are there ready f- uh, as a sub-goalie? God forbid we need one. But, um, yeah, great performance uh, from Kiara in front of Serena. Um, and she must be on her radar as well already, but we have definitely one for the future of England, I think, as well. It's an interesting it. point, actually, because we've not got Stanway, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so so who, would, who would you... Let's just, for a laugh, who do you, who do you think would uh, be up for the challenge, Paul? <laughs> Well, I, I mean, there's a couple of players that come to mind. I mean, Alex Green would have probably have a go. She's always getting. <laughs> you know, there, was, there was a lovely little moment actually in in the game towards the end when I think Bunny Shaw had been when she got clattered for the for the disputed penalty and, and she was lying injured, and Alex Greenwood just came over and was chatting to her and, and encouraging her. And I just thought that's exactly the sort of team spirit we've seen this season. You know, and you know, one of the best defenders in the world talking to one of the best young keepers potentially in the world saying you know you're doing a good job and just just encouraging them that was just a really beautiful thing to see uh you you know a really experienced player you know doing the business with a younger player and saying you know, you, you know keep at it you know you're doing all the right things so 
Um, you know, and and, and I think you know, if physic physicality wise, you'd, you'd put Bunny Shaw in as well because you know, you know, she she's got the size and the, and the strength to be you know potentially a great keeper. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I personally, I think you know we'll, we'll pull a gun out of the development, keep her in, and and hope that Kiara <laughs> don't get sent off. Um, but you know, when as Dave rightly says, you've got to remember Kiara's debut was when we had that massive injury crisis last season. And she played against Arsenal, who were on fire at that time. And we only lost to that brilliant late Tobin Heath goal. And Kiara played really well that night as well. So, you know, it, there's, there's massive potential there. Um, but just going back to your point about Ellie, you know, Ellie's a really, really, really good goalkeeper. And she will use the close season to think about, you know, what she needs to do. She will do that. And we're going to have a massive battle for the number one spot next season because we've got three really, really good keepers and Ellie will be back of that, I am sure. And as a club, obviously, Dave, we're quite fortunate that we we have got so many options apart from this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, all three, all three. I mean, I, I think, I still think that Ellie and Sandy will will go to the World Cup. I still think that, you know, that they'll they'll be in the three goalkeepers that go. Um Kiara's obviously already put already in international at the youth levels and, and had some good reviews there. So yeah, it's, it's a fantastic position to be in because we've got three great goalkeepers, without a doubt. Um, you know, and uh, this season when they get back from the World Cup, you know, it, it, obviously it looks barring America, we're not in Europe next season. So we're gonna have a pre-season, which is something that we didn't have this year. And you know, they could come back and work on things and and the rest of the team can all work together and hopefully we can st- you know, we can see a, a, a solid start to next season because they'll have had a run at it. And that's that's the um, the positives to take out of situations, I think. Let's look ahead then to Saturday, obviously, the last day of the season, final home game at the Academy Stadium against Everton. I mean, Charlotte, you actually went to watch Everton uh, this weekend. Uh, what did you make of their performance? Yeah, I would say they're on good form. Um just, I know they lost 4-1 to Arsenal, but and the Aggie Beaver Jones has got a red card, so won't be available for this game. Um, but the last half they had 10 players and kept Arsenal to 4-0 and then scored a goal. Uh, their Dutch player, Katty, I'm not sure how you say her name properly, but um, yeah, she's a real threat that we need to keep an eye on. Um, and their Hannah, Hannah Bedersons had a quiet season for them and then came on and scored a wonder goal, um, last minute goal against Brighton. So they are in good form. But I think the girls, you know, really got a last push for this last game. Um, you know, we want to keep this um, clean clean sheet at the academy. We've not lost any games this season um, at home. So, yeah, we, we I'm excited for the game. It's going to be a, a very... Um, exciting last game of the season. Everton have got a really good fan base as well. So, yeah, it should be a really good game uh, for the last game of the season. Yeah, and Everton currently sit, sitting in sixth, just behind Villa. And I w- they've been they've played well, Everton, but they've been fairly inconsistent in results. But for City, I mean, in terms of trying to finish the season on a high, we should be looking to get a win at home. Yeah, I think I think the, the, the fact that we're even, you know, that we're having this discussion about whether we might beat Everton shows how the standard of the WSL over the last couple of seasons has really shot up. There's no easy games anymore. You know, we might, in the past, we might have fancied ourselves really just to beat Everton. That's not the case now. They're a good team. They've got some really good players. But as you rightly said, they've been all over the place with results. You know, one one week they look brilliant, the next week they look a bit uh, dodgy. They look like they might be struggling a bit. So it, it it's a classic, depends which Everton turn up. 
if the if good Everton turn up, it'd be a great game anyway. If bad Everton turn up, then we should win that game relatively easily. I suspect good Everton is going to turn up. We're going to have a great game, a great atmosphere, a great, great way to end the season. And I think we'll edge it just, but it'll, it won't be easy because they have got some quality players in that team. Uh, I think they've underperformed slightly, but six isn't bad. You know, you know they, they would have took that at the start of the season. You know, uh, Villa have been a really, really good fifth. You know, we, we're going into next season with potentially a top five with Villa joining the sort of so-called big four. Um, Everton won't be a million miles away. Liverpool have done well this season, you know, coming up from the championship. Um, so no easy games anymore in our league. And uh, I think it's going to be a cracking game that the City will just at age maybe 2-1, 3-1. Yeah, and obviously there's a lot to be decided still with regards to the league on Saturday. Um, obviously, all to play for for the title, all to play for relegation at the bottom as well. But for City, I suppose we could just go out, Dave, and enjoy this one. Well, it's like Charlotte says, we've got a really good home record this season. We want to keep that. Um, you know, we, we, we've uh, beat Chelsea, we beat Arsenal. We've been, you know, we've been really good at home. We've, we've got a great record, so let's keep that. See out with a win, send everyone off for the summer with a win, and you know, a win in the sunshine would be fantastic. Um, it's been fine margins this season. I don't think we're far off, you know, where we want to be. You know, you look at the big games, like I say, we beat Chelsea, we beat Arsenal, we drew United. We lost to all three of those games away from home, all three of those teams. If you turn those around, we've been in those games. You know, I think we should have got something on Sunday. I think we should have got something at Arsenal when we lost 2 1. You know, it was unfortunate that day. So it's, it's fine margins with this team. They're not that far off at all, in my opinion. So uh, yeah, let's let's see it out with a win on on uh, on Saturday. I was going to say Sunday then on Saturday. I'm not used to it either. <laughs> I had to think twice. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and finish the season. You know, on a high, give everyone a smile, and uh, hopefully for a good game. Yeah, I know the Everton lot are coming over as well, so we're going to have a good, you know, good bit of banter, and it'll be a nice day and a decent crowd. I would have thought. At the end of the day, yeah, it's it's two defeats on the bounce and City will be disappointed with that, but they are professional enough to come back from it and, uh, you know, not even think about it and just want to go out and get the job done, Charlotte. Yeah, 100%. These are professional players. Um, I know I'm going to talk about the United game and United fans saying that they the players reacted to the fans, but I think it's more the referees aren't professional. You know, the referees aren't used to this fan base and all these big crowds. I think that's... Um, that's an impact on the game, not the players. Um, but yeah, definitely we're gonna, you know, have a good week training and be ready for um, ready for Saturday for Saturday for the last game of the season. I think I think we've also got to bear in mind um, that for me this is a transitional season. In the same way, United had a transitional season last season, where they played really well for the first two thirds of last season and then fell away really badly because they weren't quite there. For us. We've lost six world-class players in a season, two retired and four left. We've brought in a lot of new players and we've had to bed them in. So for me, this has been our transitional season. We now need to kick on with the new director of football, bringing in some new players uh, and potentially getting rid of some players just to, to freshen the squad up. So for a transitional season, as Dave rightly says, we've been there or thereabouts for the whole season. Next season, we would expect to be top three at least and potentially winning a cup or getting to a final. That's what we should expect from, <laughs> from a transitional season to a season where Gareth can have 
you know, his, you know, New Year's contract and mould the team in the way that he wants to. Um, so I think whilst looking at it, you might say we might have gone backwards in some ways. Actually, if you look back to that Villa game when we looked like 11 strangers had been wandered onto the pitch in the City shirt to where we are now, I think that's significant progress um, and a lot to build on for next season. And we've had some questions in uh, from fans. So we're going to go through those. Um, obviously, quite varied. <laughs> quite varied. Because off of the back of, obviously, defeat comes some negativity uh, around the club, which, you know, we have to sort of talk about as well. So we're going to go into that. Alexis Monteith has sent uh, a few questions in on Facebook. So uh, the first one being, how do we look to motivate some of the best female players in the world, many playing for their countries and representing their country countries internationally in an upcoming season without European football? In other words, how do we dis- define our targets for next season to, to keep those players at the club? Paul, what do you think? I think I think it is going to be slightly tricky if if um you know we're not in Europe, which is very likely, and it's almost certain, isn't it? But it's slightly different, I think, in the WSL. I, I think you know it's harder for the big clubs in the men's game if you're not in the Champions League to to bring those players. And I think it's slightly different at this stage for the women's game. So I don't think it's that much of an issue. I think we've got a director of football who's going to say, "Look, you're going to come to a club with great values, great ethos." the best facilities in the world for the women's game you're treated the same as the men you get the same treatment the same facilities when you talk when you listen to what players are saying they often talk about the way they're treated the facilities at the club that's a massive selling point you know you're not practicing on some you know rec you know rec pitch somewhere you practice on quality pitches you get quality physio quality support all the way through so i think this we can sell the club to um to the top quality international players. Uh, and we've done that this season. So, you know, we've already got some really good international players in. I, I'm not I'm not fearful. I think we are a very good proposition for women who want to develop their career. And it's no accident that probably Mary Fowler is undoubtedly one of the best young female players in the world has chosen City to develop her career. So I think we will get those players in. I think I'll point people towards um, the Nils Nilsson interview last week as well about things like that. Um, you know, he, he said what Paul's just said about the facilities and the best players and all that wanting to come. Yeah, long term, this club needs to be in Europe on a regular basis without a shadow of a doubt because then you get the best players and we want to be at the top. City are, about, City are not a club about doing fourth place finishes, you know, right across the club in every level. You know, they want to be challenging for everything. And I think next season, you know, it's imperative that we do challenge. So if, you know, you take the positive that we're not, you want to take a positive out of it that we're not in Europe. It it, it refines the targets. The targets are all the, the three domestic uh, competitions, and we should go for it in that. And I think you know it, this is what uh, Nilsson was talking about in his interview the other the other day. If you watch that back, keeping the world class players we've got at the club was imperative. You know, selling them the club to stay on and to, and then with, with some clever recruitment over the summer, which I'm sure we'll see. There might be the odd player that leaves or something, but the players that come in. So we'll see a little bit of recruitment and, and players, you know, to fit certain roles within the squad. And and then they, we've got an actual, like, defined targets for next season. Our challenge for the title, top three in title, and to go for it in the domestic cups. So, you know, 
it needs to be done. Paul's spot on in that this season was always going to be transitional. I think we all knew that. We lost so many players. And if you look over the last few years, I think Chelsea had a season like this where they finished well behind. And, and then Arsenal did. The biggest difference is this season is that you now got a top four because United have come into it as well. So in, in past years, it's still been when, when the top three, one of them had the off-season, you tended to still finish third, had that safety net and still get in Europe. But now there's four. And as you rightly say, teams like Villa are looking like they're going to push on. Um, I think Liverpool and, and Everton are certainly better than they were as well. So the WSL is getting better and, and um, it's very important to, to focus on it next season because that's that's our targets. So those are the positives I try and take from that. Yeah. We want to be in Europe and, you know, hopefully we'll be again. He's mentioned about where do you feel are the areas that we need to strengthen out on the pitch? I mean, he's mentioned about two full-backs and at least two midfielders, but we've already said that we maybe need to look at another striker to either support Bunny or to just allow for any sort of injury. It is about strengthening, definitely, but no any specific area at the moment for me. I mean, I know on the back line there is an issue just because we've not been able to be consistent because of injury, because of players that haven't been available to us. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, come the summer, what that might look like, Charlotte. Yeah, um, and then just something on about, you know, attracting players as well. Like Paul said before, this is the happiest team we've seen and you know players do talk um you know if they were thinking about coming to the club you can just see the comments on instagram from kiara's post all the every player sent an encouraging message to her like it just seems like a really happy connected squad um and along with the facilities and manchester city as a club who wouldn't want to come to the club um but yeah really excited for the signings this season last season we made some amazing signings during the summer but they'd never played in the wsl and then to be thrown in first game of the season against Aston Villa, players who'd, you know, apart from Rachel Daly, had all played in the Brazil. So, um, yeah, really excited to see, um, you know, hopefully with Gareth staying, less changes between now and September, and we really have a pre-season and ready to go for the WSL in October, I think it is when it begins. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. I'm, I'm quite happy to look at it from the stance of the fact that we've got players, good players, and I think it's about retaining those players that are, you know, coming towards the end of the contracts that will commit to the club, that can see that there is ambition, you know, and belief that we can, with this squad, bar a few, you know, new players coming in, actually start achieving in, in Europe, winning the league, domestically, you know, becoming top of the game again. I think, for me, it, it's quite telling when Nils has come in spoke about the ambition of the club and we're now sort of starting to see obviously those conversations being had we spoke about Gareth and and obviously it's been announced earlier this week Tom Gary that there are conversations with the club about an extension a year extension now the year extension is the bit that's important for me because it obviously it may reflect that there are within his contract targets that he will need to achieve you know if we get Europe, you know, those sort of conversations and then they'll re- review it. I know a lot of big questions have been asked about Gareth Taylor and is he the right man for the job? Once again, I'm happy to stick with him. I really, really am happy to stick with him. So long as next season, we start to see those ambitions start to come to fruition. I, I, I Personally, I, I, and I, I've said this before, 
on balance, and I, I fully appreciate there's a debate within the club, uh, within the fan base about Gareth Taylor. But on balance, when you consider what he had to deal with last season, that injury crisis that would have crippled us. You know, George Stanway playing at right back, Jill Scott playing at centre half, George Stanway with a goalkeeper's jersey, uh, prepared to play in goals. You know, she's five foot nothing. You know, we got through that crisis and we we had a reasonably good season. This season, he's he's lost six world class players, had to rebuild that team. He's playing an attractive city style of football, playing out from the back, playing through the through the through the midfield up to attack. Um, I think on balance, you know, um, he deserves at least another season where he can have a, a clear run in without all the nonsense about the Euros and all of the chaos that caused us. Uh, a proper pre-season, bringing in some new players with a director of football. Let's see what he's made of. If at the end of the season or through the season it's not happening. Then City will make that decision and will make will make the call. But you know, there's too many people in the fan base mourning about Gareth Taylor. Well, look at what's happening on the field. Are are you unhappy with the way the team are playing? Do you do you find the style of football that they're playing unattractive? Because I don't. I watch both the men and the women's, and I like watching both our teams because they play exciting, attractive, considered football. Um, so we haven't perhaps kicked on but let's let's be clear about this until we got beat by Arsenal we were still in the title chase the margins in our league now are so tight that you could you lose one or two games in our league through the season let alone towards the end of the season and you can be out of the title race and as Dave says it used to be the top three would be the top three whatever happened now we've got a top four we've now going to have a top five with Villa because they're going to kick on next season but on balance, and it, I, I do appreciate there's a discussion about this, on balance, he deserves one more season to see what he can do. If at the end of the season we've won the league or won a cup and we, we feel we've done well, then they'll extend. If at the end of it we haven't hit the, he hasn't hit those KPIs in his contract, then it'll be it'll be all change. And that's football. Yeah. I think that's true. I think I'd echo that as well, Emma, exactly what Paul just said. I think it's fine margins. That's correct in the WSL. And if the club had looked at this season and not made slight changes to correctify those fine margins rather than a massive overhaul, and they'll be a little bit more worried. But the fact that we have made this change by bringing in this director of football, it's a considered approach by the club to, to just make the fine margin changes maybe that will be the difference between you know this season and a really successful season this season's been more transition so you've got a lot more settled team next season we add to it with this the input of someone like Nils Nilsson and Karen Bartley as well who's, who's, who's been talked about coming onto the staff with him and things like that I think you know he Paul spot I think he, he, he does deserve next season. We don't, you know, the massive weasel that will come with changing the backroom staff and the manager. You, then you'd have to say, well, next season would be transitional as well. Then, and then, and the fan base would have to wait another season for that for that to maybe bear fruit. Whereas fine margin changes and bringing in this director of football, I think this is a shout. But yes, there are targets that this club needs to hit, no matter who the manager is. Manchester City need to be challenging. And, and and that is whoever the manager is. So I, I would echo that as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy with the way that the club have addressed it. To be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, you've just kind of said it yourself. I mean, without uh, without football, life would be boring. Us on Twitter, should Taylor be sat now before he does too much damage? 
given the teams in the WSL are improving each season, where do you see City realistically finishing next season? And I legitimately don't believe at this point, at this time, I can't see any scenario where sacking the manager at this point would be beneficial to Man City whatsoever. And, and, I, and I genuinely believe we can be in that title race next season. Charlotte, what do you think? Yeah, 100%. Like, less changes between now and September, the better. Um, I'm 100%, but, like, believe in Gareth one more year. Um, let, no, hopefully no injuries. Go into the season and, you know, really challenging for, for to, win the, to win the league. That's what I want as a fan is to um, really be challenging for the league. You know, there's, a, there's another... Dave, Dave sort of alluded to it, and I think he's right. When you, when you bring a new manager in, and not only does a new manager bring his own new players in or her own new players in, and it would be good to have a female manager at the club at some point, um, but also they look at the existing squad and say, well, I don't fancy that player, I don't fancy that player, I don't like that player. And and players that are, are playing in that team suddenly fall out of favour. Changing the manager can be a positive, but it can also be a real negative. I think on balance be- between try to keep that continuity, get through this transitional season, work with a new structure, you know, bring, you know, people, you know, we brought uh, Gorter in uh, to help Bunny Shaw. There's a lot of clever thinking going on around the team at the moment. So let's not unsettle it at this stage. Let's give Gareth that opportunity one more year to, to get to that point. We would expect to be top three next season. That That's a reasonable expectation. But it's going to be tough because there will be a top five now. Um, but I think we can do it. I think we've got the players to do it. Don't forget, we've had two world-class centre-halves injured over the last few weeks. That would have made a big difference to us. So we've got to be start thinking about, you know, what do we want from the club? Do we want continuity or do we want chaos? And at the moment, I think we need um, continuity just to get us through the next season and see where we are at that point. Um, we're a big club with big resources uh, and I think there's too many people in the fan base hitting the panic button and blaming just the manager when there's other factors at play um, and as Dave rightly says if the new director of football comes in and helps Gareth with those fine margins and it is fine margins in the WSL now which is great for the league then I think we can reasonably think we'll be back in the top three and potentially and as Charlotte rightly says our, our, our expectation, our, our, what we should expect is that we should be winning that, this league. We're, you know, we're good enough now to win this league uh, with some new players being it coming in, and I think we should set that as our as our target. Because yeah. let's be honest, we've only won the league once, and we need to win. You know, a club our size needs to win it more often. You know, and that that's that's a, that's an absolute given. We need to start winning this league because. You know, we've underperformed in the league. We've been great in the Cups, but we just need to be better in the league. The belief within the the fan base is that, you know, we can do it. But also it, it does come from the club as well. You know, we start the season, we start the season with the belief that we can go all the way. And I suppose without Champions League this season, without uh, an intense schedule, which, you know, has contributed to so many other clubs in 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 injury, in, you know, in, in managing players' performances and minutes, you know, David allows us to to really concentrate on, on everything domestically. 
Yeah, because the last couple of seasons, it's put us on a bit of a downer right at the start of the season, getting some, let's face it, some unlucky, difficult draws in Europe, you know, playing top sides. I mean, to play Real Madrid in a qualifier in their own ground, you know, that was unlucky to start with. And, you know, football football's all about opinions and everyone's entitled to their opinion. Of course they are. And I'm not saying that my opinion is better than anyone else's. My opinion is right and theirs is wrong. It's not. It's football. It's what it is. But I honestly believe, you know, having gone through this season of transition to then do another season of transition with a whole new setup would, would be even more frustrating for the fans. You know, we want to see some progress. And I think the club have taken steps to, to make this next step, you know, with the appointment of Nils Nilsson, I think. So let's see how that pans out. Yeah, if certain targets, as I said before, if certain targets are not hit, you know, we don't we don't challenge and we don't um, see improvement, then yeah, you know, people, you know, managers of Manchester City, no matter which team it is, are under pressure to perform. You know, right away up to to Pep at the top of the men's game if he doesn't perform. But you know, transitional season, even Pep didn't win anything in his first season in charge. You know, because it happens, you have to build your own squad and build turn players into. Um, your way of thinking and play your way, and uh, I think you know one more season under this with the new with the changes that have been made, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, definitely. I I think that's a a really good place to finish. To be fair, let's go around and get a cheeky prediction ahead of some Saturday's game, <laughs> last game of the season. Looking forward to being back at the Academy Stadium, Everton. Paul, what are you thinking? Well, I said it earlier on, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to it. I'm gonna go three one. I think I think it'll be a tough game, but I think we'll edge it three one. Yeah, Charlotte. Yeah, I was thinking uh, three two. I think there's gonna be a lot of goals. I really do. After seeing Everton's form, um, and they really do have a good goalkeeper. Even though I'm saying three three goals against them, yeah, I'm saying three two. I think there'll be a lot of goals on Saturday. Dave. I'm going big, Emma. We'll go out on we'll go out on a high four 0 <laughs> <laughs> And a bunny show hat trick. Yeah, because yeah, how many goals does she need um, for the Golden Boot race? Is that well, on? Daily scored again, didn't she at weekend? So what's she on now, Daily? I think she's three behind. Yeah, um, it was a hat trick. So three behind Daily. So I think uh, she needs. Uh, if she gets four, she'll outright win it. Oh, and... God, I'll go for that four nil. And bunny <laughs> scores a lot. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Yeah. I'd love to see it. Do you know what? She's been fantastic this season. Um, I would love to see her uh, get that golden boot, to be fair. But I, I do think it's going to be a little bit more of a tougher test. Uh, I was going to go for a, a 2-1. Well, we've all gone for a win at least then, haven't we? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, definitely, I definitely think the response will be there. They'll want to go out and they'll want to get the win. And and I'm I'm I have every confidence that we can go and do that. At home, especially in front of a good crowd on Saturday. Yeah, it should be good. I'm just, I'll just throw in as well that on Saturday we're having a little uh, get together with some of the Everton fans and some of our, you know, some City fans going for a drink at Mary D's after the game. So anyone fancies coming along, come along and say hi. Yeah, no, that's that awesome. Uh, thank you ever so much, everyone, for joining me. It's been uh, great to obviously have Charlotte back on the podcast as well. Yeah. Um, hopefully we'll do and then well we'll we'll definitely do another podcast and we'll hopefully get a few more people on as well as a bit of an end of season review as well so yeah thank you everyone and um, we'll see you soon I'll see you at the game on Saturday yep see you Emma
And that's it for this week's episode. Hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks to Dave, Charlotte and to Paul for joining me. Uh, Really looking forward to next week's episode where we will be doing our end of season review. So if you have a question or anything you'd like us to discuss, drop us a message on our socials at MCWFanCast. And if you're heading to the game on Saturday, we'll see you there. Have a great week, everyone. 